episode 243 of The Sleeper in the Bus. It is your Thursday edition, and I am Paul Spore. Joined, as always, on Thursdays by Eno Saris. Eno, you're getting your green card today. How great is that? Aye, aye, aye. I, I should probably just become a citizen, but I, it's just uh, it's uh, it's just a weird mental road to travel. It's not, not that I don't think I'm American. It's more about the fact that I have this German family... Uh, Germany doesn't allow dual citizenship. I'd have to sort of renounce my uh, German side. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd have to give up, um, you know, European Union citizenship, which has a bunch of benefits. So, you know, it's uh, it's something that I keep thinking about. And uh, today, I just decided to postpone it a little bit longer and get my green card for the meantime. But uh, I may become a citizen pretty soon. Man, that. That is, uh, that, that's, that's a lot to think about, you know, and I, that, that kind of stuff never really crosses my mind, not something I have to deal with. And then to hear you talk about it, it's like, wow, that is, uh, that is pretty important, but, uh, we'll, we'll still get the show in today. Obviously got some news to talk about, and then we're going to do hyper hold on the pitchers that seem to go over pretty well with the hitters. Let's dive into a couple of, uh, injury notes first, a couple of hamstring injuries to some stars that, uh, are causing some panic first. Jose Altuve seems to have been dealing with, you know, kind of a nagging hamstring injury now for a little while. Been missing some games, not in the lineup again today. What do you make of what's going on with Jose Altuve? Now he's, uh, you know, he's at 287, uh, you know, for a batting average, which is not bad, but it's still well below the 341 he had last year. 17 stolen bases leads the AL, but so do his six caught stealings. Where you at? Well, I'm not too worried about that. those caught stealings. I mean, the, the, the percentage you know, point is still in his favor. And, um, you know, the team, I don't know if they need him stealing bases because there's plenty of sluggers behind him, but they need that kind of player. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they, they're they so, you know, power and strikeouts. And uh, so it's really, you know, Altuve is really important to that team. And I don't think, like, you know, that he's, that they're ever going to, you know, leave, make him, you know, trade him or anything. I don't think they're going to ever take him out of the, the top of the lineup. So uh, I think he's pretty, he's pretty, I think this is near his floor, really. I mean, I, I doubt the, the, the Babbitt gets any lower. And um, I think he has the capacity for just a tiny bit more power. Actually, I, you know, this is going to be his best homer year for, you know, for his career. Yeah, uh, Altuve already has five homers. I totally 100% agree with you with regards to this being his floor. Uh, in fact, you know, may, maybe a little bit few, a, a couple fewer stolen bases would be his floor. If he hit like a 285-35 kind of season, he's at 287 with the average right now and pacing for 44 steals. But yeah, I, I completely agree that uh, there's really nothing to worry about. And if this hamstring strain uh, is causing any issues, you know, and, and making anybody nervous in your league and you're seeing him dangling out there, I would pounce on it. I would have no problem buying in now, even with regards to a speedster having a hamstring issue. You usually don't like that, anything lower half for a speedster, but I'm not. I'm really not worried about it. You know, he made a he made a swing change that I, I talked to him about for Jabo. That um, you know he has a more pronounced uh, leg step now, and that allows him to um, you know get more leverage and, and have a little more power. So I don't think you know you could look back to 2013 as his as his floor in terms of a 280 average, 35 stolen bases and five five home runs. But that was pre leg kick, you know. And uh, ever since then he's made more contact and more powerful contact. So I think that's um, there's definitely a line of demarcation there where uh, I think he's a little 
definitely better player now than he was in 2013. Altuve's a beast. Let's talk about uh, pitcher with a hamstring strain as well. That's Cole Hamels. In fact, he's going to be scratched from his Friday start with the issue. Uh, it's being called minor. So, uh, you know, everyone's saying it's going to be good to go next week. Uh, you know, we're, we're hearing not to panic, but anytime that there's an injury to a superstar pitcher, you worry a little bit. But uh, where are you on, on, on Cole Hamels with this with this hamstring strain? Any concerns for you? Not at all. I mean, I, I mean, if it was if it was a bigger deal and he was going to the DL, maybe. But uh, it says it's mild, and I love the fact that uh, his curveball has improved this year, um, and that truly gives him three pitches because he always had you know the best changeup in the game. Then he added the cutter, and that's when you got uh, Cole Hamels 2.0, the the better version. Mm-hmm. And I I think this might be Cole Hamels 3.0. Um, I agree. Because the curve is a legit weapon now, uh, and he's throwing it more than he's ever thrown. Well, I mean, since 2008. But it's a little bit different now. It's harder than it was back then. Um, and I think he's he's improved the curve. So now he's legit three pitches. You don't know what's coming, when it, when it's coming. And he's even improved his velocity since his early days, where he's, he's now regularly above 92. So uh, I don't know why anybody would not call him elite. Um and uh, and uh, I I think he's an ace. I think he's a, a hidden ace. You I mean, are maybe. correct uh, <laughs> about no. Yeah, you're, you're you're spot on about Cole Hamels. I completely agree. And I would also try to use this as a way to get in and and and, and try to uh, buy him via trade. Even if it doesn't allow a discount, what it might do is actually make him. Uh, tradable, you know, for somebody if they're if they're worrying. It might not, you know, with with these star players and and you know they're going to read the same news that we are seeing that both of these hamstrings are are minor, nothing to really get crazy about. So it doesn't mean that they're going to start trading those two Altuve and Hamels for peanuts. But the fact is they might now be open to it, whereas before this they wouldn't have been. So that that's why I, I would try to use these opportunities here to to invest in both of these guys. I think they're both going to be fine and continue to be elite this year. Yeah, right, you know, and I think I wouldn't worry too much about where he ends up. Like I think he's bulletproof. I mean, he pitches in a pit, in a hitter's park, and um, you know, I think he has the stuff to get through an American League lineup. So agreed. Uh, you know, I doubt I doubt Boston's a buyer, but uh, Texas. Uh, that park's know. not scary anymore. It's it's just not uh, with, with, for power in Texas. So I wouldn't worry about. It. Yeah, I guess the only caveat would of course be NL League. You don't necessarily want to go out there I mean, and, and buy that y'all lose. Giants bought him. I mean that'd be amazing for him. But um, you know, or the Dodgers. You know that'd be great. But uh, you know, I I just wouldn't worry too much about it. I think I would actually start to trade talks with. Uh, aren't you worried about where he's going to go or his hammy? <laughs> Yeah, I just I definitely buy in if you can. Like I said, even if even if it's full market value, just the fact that he's available might now be uh, something that that has changed because of because of this hamstring strain for Cole Hamels. Let's talk about Will Myers. Uh, going to have wrist surgery. Going to be out for I think two months is the initial timetable. It's not good. You know, he he, he was hitting pretty well and and kind of driving that lineup. By the way, that lineup has basically turned into last year's. Uh, Padres lineup. It's been it's been pretty freaking abysmal lately, uh, and this is definitely going to hurt them. Like I said, Myers was hitting well. You're looking at two months now. All of a sudden, that's mid-August. I think I think it can safely be cut in in really any league type. Obviously, if if, if you are in a shallower league and you have, or, I mean, if you have the DL spot, do it. But if you're in a 10-team mixer, you don't have the DL spot. 
and you cut Will Myers, I, I don't see an issue with it. What about you? Uh, I mean, I still hold out hope. I mean, obviously, I have the dynasty lean in, in my league, so in dynasty leagues, you wouldn't do it. But uh, yeah, you wouldn't, long term, but, fun. Uh, redraft. I mean, the the power has to be somewhat depressed. You know, I just talked to Justin Upton about having power in that park, and he said, you know, if I square it up, it, it's going out. And um, you know, all I care about is the batter's eye and how well I can see the ball, and I can see the ball well in San Diego. So. I think that you look at Justin Upton's home run per fly ball rate, it's the same it's ever been, and, and he's kind of the no-doubt power guy. I think Myers has power, but I'm not sure that it's no-doubt like Justin Upton's. And so I would say that the San Diego you know, kind of mitigates his power output a little bit. And then um, you know, the, the, the wrist issue is just a big deal. And it, you know, it, who knows how long it'll take him to get back and what it'll look like when he gets back. So um, you know, I think uh, I think he's definitely dropped one redraft. Yeah, I think that has to be the case with Will Myers right now. It's unfortunate. Uh, speaking of unfortunate, <laughs> there's news that Fernando Roddy might see stave opportunities again in <laughs> Seattle, and it just I, I don't I don't get it. I I really don't get it. it, it it's not a situation where. You know, he's kind of on the fringe here. Fernando Rodney has been outright brutal, and it's not a situation like you see sometimes with a guy who's struggling but no real backup behind him. That's not the case. Carson Smith has been fantastic. So this team fashions themselves as, as a contender, uh, and at 30 and 36, they, they're dangerously close to falling the wrong way. You know, one five-game losing streak, and uh, you're, you're in deep trouble here. So I just can't fathom why they would want to do that, but uh, – I guess that means be careful investing headfirst into Carson Smith as an elite uh, closer, somebody that you're going to have saves from the rest of the year, or completely divesting yourself of Rodney if you need saves because saves are saves. And the, the fact is we've seen closers with you know five, six ERAs uh, logging 25-plus saves or whatever, they still hold some fantasy value, as crazy as it is. Yeah, I mean – uh, yeah. What's his face? Uh, Brad Joe Lidge. Borowski. Oh yeah, Borowski. But didn't Lidge have a big uh, a season like that too, where where he logged a bunch of saves, but had like a yeah seven twenty one ERA with thirty one saves, <laughs> and, and even sixty one strikeouts in fifty eight innings. So still was giving some. I'm sure. I'm sure he had a better a better stretch. I mean, sometimes you can with these small samples and relievers, you can have bad blowups that just make your. ERA looked bad all year. So. Yeah, I think I think for Lidge it was a situation where the early part of the season was completely horrendous, and then I, I, I want to say he evened it out over the summer. But I don't know a 721. You, you got to be giving up runs all year if you're if you're still going to log 58 innings. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, but th that's kind of where Rodney's at right now. He's got a 626 in, in this era. That might as well be a 721 uh, that uh, Lidge put up in 2012. And for me, I, I don't care. I know saves are saves, but I wouldn't want any any part of that at, at all with him. Yeah, that was 2009. Well, not to worry about it, except you have the manager's comments. And you also have, you know, Carson Smith is an interesting character. I mean, I know his walk rates aren't bad, but he also, like, like almost missed the catcher last night, or he did miss the catcher last night. And, you know, sometimes he yanks him. So, uh, and he has a crazy kind of short arm you know, freaky delivery. So, um, you know, I, and we have like 35 major league innings 
with a two, you know, two for nine walk rate. And it's like hard to say much about that. And even the, the walk rates in AAA and AA were 90 innings. So, and he had some, you know, if your walk rates before that. So, you know, it's like, you know, you look at the delivery and uh, you look at his youth and, and, you know, what if he blows a couple, I'll still take Carson Smith over Rodney. And I ditto, but I don't really want to own it, but they're, you know, there's a possibility that Carson Smith sees the role again. You have to, you have to admit that's the case. I was ready. You mean uh, Rodney? That there, there's a chance that Rodney seizes the role back. Unfortunately. Oh, I said seeds. Oh, I, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, same deal. You're, yeah. you're absolutely right. Um, yeah, because I, I wanted to buy in on Smith as that, as that you know, top ten kind of potential guy because he's got the strikeouts, he's got the ratios. They, you know, I think the saves are going to be there. But now I can't. I, I just don't think you can. So you got to be careful. Uh, yeah. All right, you know, let's talk. Let's talk some some pitchers here, some starting pitchers. Last uh, on Tuesday, we did this this little game thing, hyper hold, talking about guys came into the year with a lot of hype surrounding them, and they just haven't really uh, panned out a- against those expectations. Pitching, it's even easier. I could have made a list of probably 25 guys. I whittled it down to uh, some number. I'm not even going to say because we might have to cut some off the back end if uh, if we go super long. But these guys, you know. If it wasn't universal, it was pretty widespread that there was excitement about them for good reasons, but they haven't panned out. So let's start with uh, two sets of teammates. Start in San Diego with Andrew Kashner, and I'm sure you all can guess the teammate that will follow. But Kashner has had a, a really interesting season. I know we've talked about him too, but uh, I think it kind of bears c- continuing to talk about him. He's got a 4.45 ERA, a hilariously ridiculous 2 and 8 record uh, because he wasn't carrying an ERA that high all year. Uh, 8.3 strikeout per nine rate, his highest that we've seen as a starter, something we've been asking Kashner, you know, wondering when it's going to come. But 10.2 hits per nine and 1.4 homers per nine. So it's been kind of all over the map for Cash, and we've still seen the electric stuff, but the results just have not been there. He hasn't allowed fewer than four runs in any of his four starts this month, five, seven, four, and five earned runs. It's been bad. Where are you at on Cashner? Was it hype to get excited about him, or are you, are you holding on uh, for hope of, uh, of better days this summer? <clears throat> I'm holding on. And uh, I hope it's not uh, foolish, but uh, I mean, if you watch him, it's 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 legit stuff. It's you know got velocity, it's got movement. Um, you know, I know that there's this wrinkle that he was going to the four scene more and trying to blow it by them. Uh, you know, trying to blow it by them because he couldn't get the backdoor two seamer, possibly because his catcher was, is, is a worse framer this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, that's part of the picture. And then maybe he's been throwing the two seamer a little bit more now that, you know, hedges is catching him a little bit more. So, you know, there is some give and take there when he throws the four seam, he gives up more homers, but also gets more strikeouts. Um, and right now he seems to be in the worst part of the two where he's throwing the two seamer more and not getting as many strikeouts, but also giving the home runs. So, yeah. um, you know, there's definitely some, some, you know, play to it that he has to figure out uh also um you know he uh he is not playing in front of a good defense um so you you know even though the 332 babbit is too high especially for a guy with his velocity and and ability to strike batters out it's you know you don't know where how to regress depending on you know how bad you think that defense really is Um, although i will say i think the home run totals you know the home runs are going to stop coming and uh, that'll change everything. 
I, first off, I, I agree with regards to, to hanging on with Kastner. I just I, I like the stuff too much. We've seen extended periods of greatness that that really show the the upside. This is a guy who I think it could be one of those. Uh, it, it feels like they flip a switch because they kind of turn on a dime one game and then go off on some ten game run. I feel like he's got the, the the elements to do that, to where we see some big signature outing and it spurs just a, a two-month run of dominance for him. You know, you're, you're never happy that somebody's hurt because you don't want to be a morbid piece of garbage. But uh, the silver lining, if there is any, to Will Myers being hurt is that it, it helps the defense. It really does. Will Venable uh, is such a major upgrade over Will Myers in center field. And not only that, but Venable's holding his own with the bat. So, you know, overall, it's a, it's a net positive uh, pr- pretty substantially because Venable has, you know, hasn't been too much worse than, than Myers was with the bat. So that could really help them. And it could help Kashner as well as teammate Tyson Ross, who we have to talk about next. Same sort of scenario where, you know, we, we, we've kind of seen it. We've seen, we've still seen flashes of what made us like him so much from last year. Uh, had an excellent season last year, combines the strikeouts. Everyone knows the worry about the fact that there's way too many sliders and and you kind of worry about the breakdown, but he's holding up. I mean, the fact is 31 starts last year, 14 so far this year. He's made every one of his turns. The health piece has not been the concern for Ross. The performance just hasn't been there. The the walk rate spiked back up from 9 to 12%, and he's definitely getting hit by by the team defense. Uh, mostly in the infield because he's ramped up that ground ball rate to 62%, which is super elite, but he has a 372 BABIP. Uh, and so all those hits plus the, the improved walks, uh, excuse me, the increased walks, not improved, uh, have him up at a 159 whip for Tyson Ross. But again, like I said, 25% strikeout rate. I love the ground ball rate. We've seen the stuff. I know there was a lot of hype, but are you still holding on to Tyson Ross rest of the year? Yes. Uh, you know, guy with his strikeout rate uh, is going to stay in, in my rotation, especially, um, you know, given the fact that he's healthy and got that ground ball rate. The Babbitt just seems like it has to come down. Even a bad defense isn't going to do that to him. And uh, I did, did just talk to him. There's a piece coming. Um, and I, I need to really uh, screw down into it. But... Um, you know, what we talked about was the fact that he's throwing more sliders and that could be uh, related somewhat to his walk rate. Um, and then he also thought that uh, batters were maybe being a little bit more patient. And you can see um, the lowest swing rate uh, since he's become a regular and the lowest reach rate. So I think, you know, given the fact that he doesn't have a super wide arsenal, batters are, are you know, trying to identify the slider earlier. Um you know, and and um, and and you know, they're just swinging less, so that that leads to more walks since he throws so many bendy pitches and he throws the two seamer and the slider, which are going to end up outside the zone um, if they don't swing at it. So that's that's I think that's what's going on there. You know, that actually doesn't. I don't know how that's going to fix. Uh, he may have a walk rate over four this year, but. With the strikeout rate, it still works. With the ground ball rate, it still works. And you're just left looking at that 372 BABIP, I think. Yeah. I, again, I have to agree with you here. We're two for two on, on, on holds with these guys. There's just too many positive elements that outweigh some of the negatives that we've seen. And, and, and neither are, are above you know taking some of the blame for what's going on here. It just hasn't been 
bad luck fest that will automatically work itself out. There's work on, on their end to do, but they've shown that they can do it. They've, they've got the skills. These are two guys that you want, and uh, if you can go out and get them, I fully recommend doing that. Let's move over to Atlanta and talk about another pair of teammates here, and we'll start with Julio Tehran, who you know had put up two really nice seasons uh, the last two years headed into this season, and I think he was starting to get the, the attention that he deserved, and, and he was being treated as maybe not a frontliner, uh, maybe maybe a, maybe the top starter for a guy that waited on pitching, or the second guy for somebody who, who grabbed one of those top uh, you know, six or seven aces out front and, and backed him up with Tehran. You know, he was really being treated as, as somebody who should be a force in your rotation for 200 plus innings. Well, it's been a nightmare for him. Uh, 507 ERA in, in his 82 innings so far. Hit rates through the roof. Homers through the roof for him. Uh, and then, you know, strikeout rates come down a little bit. That's not really the problem. The walk rate has shot up. That is contributing to it. So a lot of things going wrong for, for Tehran. The, the thing of it is, I know we had two great seasons in a row, but he is just 24, and I think that might be a little bit lost uh, on some folks when you're wondering what happened with him. It might just still be some growing pains. I know he had two great years, but that doesn't make you an established guy. Um, what do you think out of what? What, do you, what are you seeing out of Julio Tehran here? And is there reasons for hope in the future? I've long sort of yelled at the screen for him and, and asked him, you know, also politely, uh, if he would please throw his change up more. And um, I think it has good shape. I think it's a decent pitch. And I don't know what it is about the pitch that he doesn't like. Um, I think that maybe it has something to do with his command of the pitch. It's, um, you know, it doesn't have a ton of drop, but it has good gap velocity-wise. You know, it gets good whiffs. Uh, but it has one of the higher ball rates uh, for, his, for, his, um, for his pitches in general. So this year he comes out and he almost doesn't throw the change at all. You know, and for for the beginning of the season, he was throwing, you know, let me change this over to raw pitch counts instead of percentage. I mean, he was throwing, uh, <clears throat> you know, three or four a game. Oof. And, uh, you know, then the last four games, he's upped that up to, um, you know, six to ten. You know, he's had basically, you know, three of his four biggest uh, change-up games have been in the last four four games. So he's definitely doing that. He's throwing the curve a little bit more now, too. And he's becoming a little bit more diverse. I mean, he was he's, at some points this season, he was... Like sinker-slider, you know, basically. Sinker-slider, forcing, and that was going to be it. And you'd get, like, you know, basically ten pitches that were not sinker-slider, forcing. So mm -hmm. uh, I think that's part of it, because if you look back last year and you just you know, add up basically the changes and the curves to get an idea of what he was doing. Otherwise it was more like 25 to 30, um, you know, almost all last year. If you just, just, just do that simple math, it's like 25 to 30 per non. Game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's so you, from five to 25. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at least half. I mean, if you add them up, if you add up change in curve early the season, it's about 10, but okay. you know, it was, a, still you know, Four was 25 to 30. So he at least like sort of, you know, he, for some reason he just thought, I'm just going to throw the slider a ton. Um, I don't know if somebody told him to do that or whatever, but it hasn't worked that well. And he's, you know, recently he's become a little bit more like he used to be in terms of pitching mix. So, you know, if you believed in him before, then you should believe in him now. And before he had, you know, a good swing strike rate, a uh, good uh, walk rate, 
um, and, um, you know, seemed to be like a decent player. Maybe you weren't sure if his Babbitt would always be that low. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now this year, you know, if he couldn't get back to that sort of eight strikeouts per nine and get that walk rate down to, you know, two and a half per nine going forward, then, yeah, he's going to have, a, you know, a high threes ERA. Um, and we just then we left looking at the Babbitt again, wondering, you know, if he's going to get back to the plus Babbitt or he's just going to hang out where he is now. And I don't really, you know, I don't see him as uh, he, he has gotten a lot of infield flies over his career. And so you, you, that's what you got to think about. You know, do you think he is a plus command guy that can get infield flies by throwing the high fastball? Um, if you believe that, then he can get back to where he was before. At worst, uh, it looks like Tehran will remain a force at home. Uh, always had success at home, and even this year, 277 ERA in 39 innings with an 8.1 strikeouts per nine uh, and a .92 whip. Last year, he was at 211 with 7.6 strikeouts and .99 whips. So at least he's still finding some success uh, in, in one you know split, and I guess that's at home right now. So continue to use him there, maybe spot him on, on the road if you can. Uh, if you can't, then I say just just ride it out. I, I, I don't want him. I don't want to quit on on Tehran yet. I know it's tough. A 5.07 ERA this deep into the season is is really tough. But I'm finding a way. Uh, to not get rid of him. If you don't have a reserve roster and it, it, it's ride or die, then uh, I'd stick with it. I really would. I, I think he's just too much better than this. Let's talk about teammate Alex Wood, who probably doesn't have, didn't have quite the the same hype um, really as any of these uh, other three. But there were his, there were the pockets of Alex Wood believers that really thought last year was was the start of of something huge, and you know. For me, the, with the mechanics, I've always been a little bit cautious on him. I started to buy in, say, okay, well, you know, he made it last for this whole year. Uh, that That's pretty impressive, especially the command that he showed. Well, this year, it, it's been tough. He's not getting the swing and miss at all. And the, the swing strike rate kind of suggested that the, his 25% strikeout rate was a little bit overblown because you know, he's, he's working at the 9, 9, 10% range, which is not bad, but I, I don't think it's usually uh, – it's usually a little bit higher if you're going to be maintaining a 25% rate. His other skills are fine. Ground ball rate's still good, even even up a little bit. Nothing's really jumping out as awful. He hasn't been been bad, but uh, and the 340 ERA probably has some wondering why he's even on this list. But a 142 WHIP, uh, you need a much better ERA or a lot more strikeouts to cancel out the the damage of a 142 WHIP from a starting pitcher. So. Where are you at on Alex Wood right now? We've seen the K's drop and 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 the, the whip surge. Is he somebody that you're you're holding out on, um, or or kind of moving on? Well, when I looked at him early in the season, I found that he was throwing the ball too low. I mean, he it, it, it's pretty drastic actually. It's hard to express this other than in heat maps and in sort of average location numbers, which don't seem like a big deal. But if you go year to year. Um, he went from throwing the sinker. Um, he, he changed. He changed his average location of the sinker by um, four inches. Okay, that that I, f- I feel like that should that should resonate as substantial for, for right because for it's folks. not. I mean, it's like four inches doesn't seem like a big deal, but average all your pitches 
that's like you know that's a shift in where you're trying to throw the pitch and, mm-hmm. and so you know then uh then you look at it by uh that was year to year but if you look at it by month to month um he's got his sinker back to basically where it was in the second half last year okay. in terms of um, location he, he's moved it back up slightly and um i think that is a good sign i mean obviously that's the analysis i gave and uh you know, I don't know. I love um, some of the guys over there in uh, in uh, the Braves front office. So um, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, with the Shelby Miller thing, I, I said, you know, get rid of the change, do the cutter, throw the high fastball, and and Shelby Miller has done all those things. So I mean, I don't know. I I don't want to be um, like that. So I don't care. But uh, <laughs> uh, the the walks I think have gotten a little bit better. He's gotten more strikeouts and. I think that he's turned it around, basically. I mean, there's been okay. some zero-walk games. You know, the last four games, he has zero-walk, one-walk, two-walk, and one-four-walk. So I think that's helped with his command. Uh, the strikeouts have been up the last four games. And, um, you know, I think he's a good pitcher. You have to remember that when you look at his fastball and, and see that it's, um, you know, 89.4 or whatever, he is a lefty. Yes. Uh, so... That's basically the same. It's like a ninety point four, and it's a sinker, and has a lot so, of deception. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think it plays up much more than than eighty nine point four, uh, even from the left side would, would normally. And, and and to your point, you know, like I said earlier, he hasn't been awful. You know, three forty ERA says that he's never he's gotten crushed maybe a couple times. There was five runs in five innings against Washington, but was he really crushed? You know, he still had eight strikeouts and one walk in that game. It was one bad inning in that game uh, that really got him. And then basically since then, he hasn't allowed uh, more than four in in, in any single outing. Uh, so you know, okay, you know, you you, you talk me into to jumping back on that fence a little bit because I wasn't strikeout even strikeout rate every month. He's pushed it up. <clears throat> you know, 16.3, 16.7, 20.4. So is that swinging strike rate on the way up? Because that's, <clears throat> that, that's the one that I'm a, a little bit concerned about. It's it's down at 7% now, down from his 10% last year. Although I will say, if he can be a ground ball guy and, and move it back up closer to, say, 49, 50%, where, where he was in his very first year, uh, then Alex would, you know, you don't need as many strikeouts. So those were more of a bonus anyway, because it looked like he was going to be a ground ball guy. I can understand. I can understand going from the only issue, uh, I guess, uh, if it's in terms of like acquiring, is I'm not sure that you're going to get the discount that you might get on some of these other guys because that 3.40 ERA isn't going to jump out at at somebody as, well, yeah, I must trade this. He, he, you know, they're going to be like, he's fine. Uh, But yeah, once you look at the whip, you're like, not really. There should be some sort of discount. So that that would be the one thing that I'd be worried about with regards to buying him. His Uh, swing strike rate is nine percent. Uh, since mid-May. Okay, and that's in line with his career mark. And the last uh, three games are 11.6, 12.2, and 9.1. Much better. Then. So yeah, he's he's. I think he's figured something out, and uh, I'm all systems go on him. I I know it was a bad beginning, and I know he's also not like you know one of these prospects like a Noah Syndergaard or something that everyone yeah. thought was going to succeed when he or came Tehran. up. So. Yeah, or like Tehran. So, but uh, actually, you know, honestly, I think I would rather have. I, yes, I would rather have Alex Wood than Julio Tehran. So, I would it, not. Now, 
now that we're talking about a couple of players, like we can start to, you know, Just quote unquote, them. Yeah, but yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think I'd rather have Andrew Cashner than any of them. Me too. Um, the stuff is just undeniable. Um, who else have we talked about? Uh, Tyson Ross. I would rank them in their current order that that we've talked about them. For me, I know, I know, I think you'd flip. I go Cashner, Ross, Tehran, Wood. Would you go Cashner, Ross, Wood, Tehran, or would Wood yeah. pass Ross? Okay. So, yeah, I mean, Ross has almost ten strikeouts per night. I can't, mean, it's, it's so dirty. Yeah. So, I can't. I'm very excited to hear where you rank this next guy because I'm really confounded by him. And this was Wait, somebody. There's I, one one asterisk. You always got to do this. Dynasty leagues. Uh, well, Dynasty League, there's question marks for all of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, I don't know how much it changes. The, 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 the two Braves have the youth on their side. I might take Tehran over Wood in a Dynasty League because um, I think that Tehran has the chance to, you know, really ramp up his changeup and slider usage and be a different pitcher okay. um, as he gets older. And he doesn't have the same... Um, delivery <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> doug storburn uh dubbed alex wood the tasmanian devil because of it <laughs> nice. uh, i i say it looks like a toddler melting down on the mound that's hilarious. but uh either way it's uh it's not good so next next one is uh next one is jeff samarja and and i i, I definitely contributed to the hype of, of this guy so i'm a bit confounded uh as to as to what what's really going on here i mean i, I, can, I can see in the numbers the the, the changes but I'm just so surprised. I really thought that he'd emerged last year and going back to Chicago, not with the Cubs, but but with the White Sox. I didn't think it was really going to be a problem, especially after a 50% ground ball rate last year. You know, he continued to add to his ground ball rate. So homers shouldn't have been a problem. Well, he's at 1.1 homers. Uh, the strikeouts are down. Fly ball rate is way up. Ground ball rate down to 37%. He's got a 484 ERA, 133 whip. It's been brutal for Samarja, and it's uh, – it's really annoying because, you know, obviously that team had a lot of expectations as well. And he's just been flat out blasted a good bit. And he really looked like he was coming together at the end of May where he ran off eight eight innings, three runs, eight innings, two runs, seven shutout innings. That was in Toronto. So three great outings in a row and then opens June five in innings, nine runs, seven and a third, six runs. And then his most recent outing, seven innings, three runs at Tampa Bay, which is, which is fine, nothing special. He's not walking, guys, but the strikeouts are down. Ground ball rate's way down. Jeff Samarja has not been great. Where are you at on, on him right now? It's, it's really weird. If you look at uh, his his mix, it's almost like you. It, it looks really good. Like he's not got a bad ball rate or anything, but the split finger and that you can't command that. Yeah. He uh, he has almost equal numbers for the four seam sinker, slider, cutter, and then the split is about half of those. So at any given moment, you could either get a four seam sinker, slider, or cutter. And you know, in terms of trajectory and movement, those are fairly significantly different things. I mean the Slider drops eight inches more than his cutter. Um, you know, the slider is, it's all a little bit hard. So the slider is 85 and the sinker and the, and the four seam are 95 and the cutter is 93. So it's all a little bit hard. And even the split is 86. So there's nothing you're going to gear up to hit, to hit some margin. I guess maybe that's where we where there might be a sort of inkling of what's going on because I was I was worried that a his command is not that good and even though his ball rates and his and his, his walk rates are not that are, are pretty good 
Uh, I still think that some part of this picture is his command. And then two, um, he was moving to the bad ballpark for home runs and had had like a history of home runs. So I'm not sure that necessarily the home run rate is going to change at all. That's fair, uh, especially with the with the ground ball rate uh, cratering, you know, uh, and, and going down from 50 to 37 percent and the fly ball rate shooting up, taking a, a lot of that from 31 to 37 percent. So, you know, it's not like he has some egregious homer to fly ball rate spike that explains this. It's only it's exactly the same as last year. And, you know, it's actually below his career mark if you if you push it out a decimal, uh, 11% against 10.6%. So hopefully it doesn't go up at all. Um, I, I'm concerned because of the home runs and, and because home runs uh, can do so much damage and, and really tank an ERA, uh, you know, well beyond how you're – you know, you could be pitching – well enough, but if you got a home run issue, it can turn, you know, it turns that, that six shutout innings into uh, a baseline quality start in a heartbeat. Uh, you give up that three run Jack in the sixth and all of a sudden, you know, you're out, you're out after six uh, with a modest night. So that part has me worried about it uh, with regards to Samarja. And so I don't necessarily think that I'm out trying to buy him right now because of that. Yeah. This is the first one where, I don't want him um, unless it's a deep league, maybe. Uh, well, for me, it's unless I see a skills awesome. change. Yeah, I mean, he's obviously throwing the, the cutter more in the sinker than he has in the past. Mm-hmm. And it's not been good for him. No. <laughs> it's just, it's, it, and I don't know why he's doing it. Because what's weird is that even though when you look at his, his, his pitches, right, they all have plus. Uh, they all have plus plus whiff rates, and yet his whiff rate has gone down. And he went from the sinker to this cutter, which has a plus whiff rate, and now his whiff rate is 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 more marginal. Uh, it is not really marginal. It's still pretty good, but um, you know he's basically sacrificed ground balls for whiffs, and yet the whiffs aren't there. Yeah, which is weird. And so I would say to him, uh, let's just get back to looking at ground balls and. I think that's what I would say to him. I mean, the, yeah. the weird thing is that you also want him to strike more batters out. So well, I was going to say, I imagine he did that as a response to the park, and and, and that's understandable. You know, miss more bats. Uh, don't you don't even want to mess with contact. Uh, but if you can get the ground ball contact, that's not going to hurt you. That's not going to leave the yard. So it, it's fixable. And if I started to see signs of it, then I would buy. But I wouldn't buy on spec right now and just say, you know, he'll fix it. While while on on my team here, and I won't worry about it. I I, w- I would wait to see those changes and then pounce with Samarja. So it's 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 I, I'll let him go at this point. Yeah, I guess what we're looking for. Um, I mean, let's let's look at the. I mean, it, it's it's just really hard to then be prescriptive and be like, okay, these are the changes you should be looking for. Like, yeah, uh, he's giving up a lot of homers on the four seam. Maybe we'd rather see uh, more sinkers than four seam. Um, in terms of home runs percentage, mm-hmm. uh, the sinker and the cutter actually give up the same amount of homers. And then the slider, I think he hangs that slider sometimes. So maybe you'd want to see the slider usage is up a little bit. Maybe you want to see, you know, slightly fewer sliders, slightly more cutters. Um, and, um, maybe he needs to slow down that slider a little bit and go for more depth. Um, you know, yeah, more sinkers. He- 
He only has, you know, to avoid the homers. I don't know. He only has two speed bands, uh, you know, kind of that yeah. that upper or that that mid nineties area, and then that mid eighties area. So yeah. you know, if he could if he could slow the slow the slider back down to low eighties, which he did. Curve, I mean, what's that? Throw a curve, maybe. I mean, well, he's flirted with one sometimes in the past. I mean, I. I it's it's tough and it's frustrating. When I say let him go, by the way, I didn't mean cut him. Um, I meant not not pursue him. Uh, I said I said let him go. Yeah, I think you've got him on your roster. What you're doing now is don't put him down on the be- bottom of your bench and playing him in Seattle and Oakland. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, he's a matchups guy. I think he's a little bit too enticing, especially the strikeout rate to drop in a 12 teamer. In a 10 teamer, I'd say drop just because there's going to be interesting people on your wire. Yeah. That's true. I, I I don't I don't have a single ten teamer this year to compare, yeah. so I guess that that makes it hard. Um, yeah, I do think in a ten teamer, I mean, you're talking top fifty, right? No, you're 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 right. That that that's fair. You could in a ten teamer if you were on if you were just pinched. like Eduardo Rodriguez might still be on your wire in a ten teamer, and especially after the bad start, someone might say, "Oh, well, he sucks." Uh, might right. Well I think. I think I'd rather have Eduardo Rodriguez. There's, there's like he's lefty. He's got all that gas. He's got a good mix, and he's less, less defined as having a problem right now. Yeah. No, that's. I uh, Smarja definitely has a problem right now. I, I'm, I can't tell you exactly what it is, but it has something to do with his pitching mix, which has changed, and he's, and then his park is part of it too. So, I, you know, do you think that the White Sox defense is bad? Uh, it was earlier this year for sure. Yeah, uh, that that was definitely a problem, and it started to play better. And I think we started to see the performance uptick for some of those guys. But I, I don't think that w- with the change in ground ball rate, I don't, I don't think that I think they were more of a bad uh, infield defense. You know, whereas the Padres are just a bad defense. Doesn't really Everybody. matter <laughs> if you're ground ball or fly ball guy. I think with the White Sox, it was more of the ground ball guys were were taking the brunt, and so. Uh, you know, I don't think that he was feeling it quite as much because he's just not getting as many. Obviously, anyone's feeling it because nobody has a zero ground ball rate. But, uh, <laughs> you know, he, he wasn't taking the brunt the way some of his teammates were, like uh, Quintana or Sale. So, uh, you know, I definitely think that that's part of it for Samarja. And I, I don't know how much that's going to change either. So that's just another reason that I'd be, I'm a little bit cool on him. Although the Carlos Sanchez thing, uh, call up and imp- implementing him at second base seems to have definitely helped things for them. So if he does get back to his ground ball ways, that might be something that would help him. Did Ryan Howard just hit another bomb? Nice. I yeah, two two run bomb. They take the lead now. Uh, anyway, let's go ahead and move on now and uh, bring up the right thing there and talk about another guy, uh, Carlos Carrasco. Speaking of uh, infield defense, perhaps hurting a, a player. Mm-hmm. Carrasco came in, you know, but by, by the time draft season hit that fever pitch in, in mid to late March, uh, his stock was through the roof. Everyone was kind of on board with Carrasco by and large. And then his most ardent supporters were had him way into the top 20, maybe even getting real frisky and, and dropping him as a top 15 sort of guy. I mean, there was a lot of love for Carlos Carrasco after that huge 2014. And the, the, the 2014 had a lot of stuff to believe in. I think 
where it might have been lost was that because we're in this pitcher era here where we are seeing some of these exemplary performances, I think maybe there was some th thinking that the 255 might be a level he could live at for 200 innings, and that's just tough to put on anybody. But the skills are certainly there. Everything has been great skills-wise for Carrasco yet again this year to maybe even you know back up something like a uh, like a mid or at least high twos ERA. Nobody would be surprised with these skills. However, a 342 batting average on balls in play and a 68% left on base rate have really done him in. And Carrasco sits with a 438 ERA, uh, 124 whip is, is is fine, especially for that ERA to be honest. Uh, but that ERA is, is is high and has some folks disappointed. But that 27% strikeout rate is so hot that you just I mean, you, you can't move off of him at all, but I'm just wondering, are you going out trying to acquire Carlos Carrasco or are you sitting that out and letting others kind of see if that ERA comes down? He's an ace for me. He's an ace. And, um, you know, I, I was actually a little bit more uh, reticent to give him that title going into the season, uh, which I think would be anywhere in the top 12, 15. Mm -hmm. um, I know that um, – uh, Brad Johnson was was pretty aggressive in in rankings and and talking about him and uh, you know I thought uh, I thought you know let's see what his velocity looks like this year and uh, because you know he, he last year he was he, he was pumping 96 you know all the time because he you know he got a big boost going into the into the bullpen and he kind of held on to that boost even when he was starting and I was wondering you know with a guy that has somewhat iffy command is he just blowing it by them even when he's you know throwing it down the middle by mm -hmm. accident and i was like well what happens when it's you know when he drops off i think we've seen enough now to say that uh even at a little slight velocity loss uh almost a tick on the gun mm -hmm. uh it doesn't matter i mean he's 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 uh he, he still has plus velocity for a starter Still has a great whiff rate, great strikeout rate. Uh, he's managed to keep the command plus, uh, not command, sorry. He does not have plus command. <laughs> managed to keep the walk rate down. Yes, uh, he has shown some solid control. Right, exactly. And, uh, you know, I, I just did a piece today for ESPN Insider on the uh, Indians rotation, which has a historic gap between, um, between their FIP and their ERA. It's the it's... top five in the history of baseball. So silly that they're not doing better. And, and obviously, as a Tigers fan, I'm fine with it. But oh my God, if it if it gets on track, uh, the Royals and Twins, Tigers, all better better watch out. And I guess yeah. the White Sox, but they're already ahead of the White Sox. That's why I didn't mention them. You know, Carrasco, we had him uh, in our rankings, our our May June update. He was the 12th starting pitcher, and you you and Mike Podhorser had, both had him at nine. Uh, so yeah, the, the love was there and, and we're talking, you know, he was still toting a four something ERA. Uh, in fact, let me, let me match it up perfectly. Those came out on June 4th. And at that point, oh, he, he had dipped back under four. He was at a 392 ERA. So it's not like, you know, we caught him at some, some point where his ERA was really low to rank him up there. Still did that with, with the numbers that, uh, he kind of has right now. And it's understandable because those skills are so great. And honestly, uh, I was more excited about the the outlook for the rotation with Francisco Lindor's call up than I was anything related to Lindor himself because I just yeah. don't think he's going to be a prime fantasy asset uh, when he comes right 
right up. But with him and Giovanni Urshela manning the, the left side of the infield now, that's a massive defensive upgrade, and I think it really helps that entire rotation, uh, perhaps none more so than, than Carrasco right now. Yeah, I mean, still give me that click but uh, uh, and read my piece. But uh, uh, the... Uh, the, the conclusion was that um, it was the defense. I mean, uh, let me see if I got some. some. They have the 56th worst team of, of 420 team seasons. And that's this year oh where a little bit worse than last year. So they're, they're you know, top 10% worst defensive team of all time. And then uh, over the last two years, uh, they are the second worst team in baseball uh, defensively by UZR and DRS. And they have the worst range in baseball. Um, and their poorly rated defenders include David Murphy, Mike Avilas, Nick Swisher, Michael Bourne, Michael Brantley, Lonnie Chisenhall, and Jason Kippers. Uh, that's a lot so, of players. There's a lot of players. And if you look at past teams that have had this bad ERA minus FIP split within the modern era with UZR, uh, they averaged a minus five UZR for 150, which would put them in the bottom five of the league in any given year. So basically when you have a bottom five defense, you have the split and that's, and I agree with you totally the uh, addition of Lindor and, and, and uh, Ursula will help a lot. I mean, Ursula is known for his arm and his defense and a little bit of power. He's not going to be a great fantasy asset probably um, unless you're in a deep league and he's got the warm body, you know, power for you. But mm -hmm. I think he is going to help uh, Carrasco. Salazar is a little bit more of a fly ball guy. Yeah. Um, and so it remains to be seen what happens there. But his problem is a little bit, you know, I also looked into how hard the ball is coming off the bat um, against these guys. And uh, Trevor Bauer uh, is 10th in baseball in limiting uh, balls in play over 100 miles per hour. Oh, wow. Uh, Kluber is 13th. Uh, Carlos Carrasco is 55th. The average is, is 63rd. And Danny Salazar is 114th. So Danny Salazar does allow... Um, slightly uh, above average. Um, harder uh, contact. Harder contact. I think it's because of his command situation. It's probably maybe the worst of the of the four. Um, he leaves those fat ones high, and they, and they leave the yard in a hurry. It's it, yeah. it, it it is those misses that he has that, that end up leaving the thing. yard. Yeah. It's the only thing that that's, that keeps him from being um, himself. Yeah. yeah, they could have three aces and and potentially an emerging one in the form of Bauer uh, at, at, if if things continue to progress forward. Right now they have the 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 one set ace. You're still gonna say Carrasco's an ace. He's right on the cusp there. Uh, for me, I had him 15th uh, in in my, in my update there. And then Salazar, like you said, has that missing element. It's a big one, but everything else is is there. Uh, when you when you're looking at him and then Bauer probably a couple other ticks away, but you could see it. He, he shows ace potential at his peaks. Um, okay, let's talk about another guy who uh, really has. Whew, it's been tough, and it, it really it started off tough, and he's still trying to whittle down uh, some really ugly beginnings. But it's Taiwan Walker that we're talking about here. He's got his ERA down to five. I know that sounds really funny. Because uh, it should when you when you actually say it in that in that way, but it's the truth. He really has got his ERA down to five. He's had to whittle it down. Started at 24.3, uh, and and he's had to chop chop chop. Got it down to 6.86 by the end of the month, but then was back up over eight 
with another ugly outing to start May and, and kind of lived in the eight to seven range before dropping way down. And now over his last four starts, he's been electric. Taiwan Walker has put up a 155 ERA in 29 innings with 27 strikeouts and just three walks. That's the Taiwan Walker that we saw in spring training that had people really excited about his season prospects backing up Felix Hernandez, especially if Iwakuma wasn't going to be healthy. And, of course, that has played out. So, again, I say it is down to five because he's had to work it down there. And he's really been good now even beyond those last four uh, for you know probably a, a good month or so that we've seen a, a good version of Taiwan Walker. Where are you at with him and the development that we've seen from this 22-year-old uh, you know, kind of working through it here. He doesn't have a whole lot of minor league time. He is still kind of learning on the job. Yeah, I mean, he has obviously uh, changed his mix, and I think, uh, you know, recently, and I think it's weird. I'm, I'm a little surprised that, uh, you know, getting away from the cutter has been uh, good for his command because, you know, it doesn't um, stick out as having really bad uh, ball rates, but I think it probably has bad ball rates for a hard pitch. So it's like, it's one of those things where he doesn't command it as much as his four seam and his sinker mm-hmm. and he needs to use it as a command pitch and it doesn't, you know, get enough whiffs to be a breaking pitch. So it's like kind of stuck in between. In between. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not good enough to, you know, get a swing and miss. I mean, 10% whiffs on a cutter is, is okay, but it's not, you know, given the rest of his arsenal, it's not really a good enough to use over the curve or the split. And then, you know, the ball rate is worse than the four seam and the sinker, and he doesn't really use the sinker. So I think four seam curve slit makes sense. Four seam, he actually has, I think, what I would say good command of, um, you know, and relatively good command considering who he is. And then uh, uh, the curve and the split give him things that go in different directions and, uh, and uh, have different velocities. The curve is 75. The split is one of those crazy, um, you know, Felix Hernandez split fingers. Um, you know, change-ups where it's, you know, 89, 90. So, you know, he's got, he's got three different, let me say, three different velocity bands, bends in different directions. Um, and now I think, uh, you know, has, uh, you know, a slightly better mix for command. You know, when I watch him, I still don't see great command. So it has to manifest it somehow. I don't know if it's going to manifest in that homer rate. Maybe it will. Maybe the homer rate will only regress to about one, one per nine. That's still not a great homer rate. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, maybe you'll, you know, you'll see it in the BABIP. So maybe that's not going to come, uh, you know, down a whole bunch. I mean, if you look at his estimators, they're all around four. Um, so he's not a slam dunk, but um, when you also, another thing that happens when you watch him is you see great stuff, you know? So exactly. Um, so are you going to, bu- are you buying in? Or, or, or do you have any shares that you're holding on to? Yeah. Waiver wire, uh, bench piece in 12-teamers, trying to f- figure out exactly when to use them. I would have used them against San Francisco and Cleveland, so I would have, and I think I did. I have a, I have a share in a 12-teamer, so I would have, uh, I would have, I did get those starts. Um, you know, I wouldn't have used them against uh, Toronto when he gave up four runs. Uh, I wouldn't have used them. Probably, I mean, New York at home, I don't know. That would be a hard one. But at Baltimore and at Toronto, I would have missed 
those two starts completely because I just I wouldn't have played him. Yeah, I, and that makes sense. He's had a firm home road split so far this year, 251 ERA at home, 703 on the road, and then the skills to kind of back it up, 9.7 strikeouts per nine at home with a 4-4 strikeout-to-walk ratio. Those are down to 7 and 1.7 on the road. So, you know, I never want to get too crazy on home road splits, but when, when, when the skills are, are, are saying that as well, and you're talking about not putting him in some of those tough venues, just mess with him at home right now and, and, and kind of kind of see see where it goes. The, the, the thing of it is with some of these young guys that have such high ceilings as they get up this early, and there's so much volatility that we basically have to deal with their growing pains um, on the fantasy teams, and it makes it really tough to figure out you know when to use them uh, and, and things like that. So... I, I, I understand your take on, on Walker, and I, I would hold him if I had him. I wouldn't be out uh, trying to get him just yet, though, either. Let's wrap it up with one more guy, and it kind of coincides with another piece that, that you've recently written, and it's Colin McHugh. Again, someone that we've talked about recently, but you wrote about bad fastballs. And, you know, one thing that you pointed out uh, just kind of as a passing thing in your piece that I think we might forget, at least those of us who are, are pro McHugh, like myself, is that – this is still a waiver wire pickup, and and the fact that he's been playing like one recently uh, probably brings that cold hard reality back into focus. What did you learn about McHugh when you were studying uh, his art of giving up a million home runs, and did you find any hope for the future? Well, one thing I didn't really expressly uh, focus on in the piece was that uh, you know the slider has changed a little bit, and therefore he's trusting the fastball more, and uh, that's part of the picture. The thing is though. The slider's pretty much been excellent all the way through. And I have a feeling that he's going to just find it again because Romo has had different, uh, has struggles with the slider from time to time. He usually finds it again. Mm-hmm. And I think these Sergio guys. Romo, that is, of course. Yeah. So I think, like, I think the guys who have the, the, the throw a ton of uh, sliders, you know, even uh, Mark, uh, Dave Rigetti said this to me, you know, he throws a ton of sliders sometimes. It's not there, you know, mm-hmm. and um, and so I think uh, that's a little bit what's going on McHugh. So he started throwing the four scene, but what I wanted to focus on was the four scene because he, uh, you know, he uh, he he doesn't seem like a guy like a bad fast fastball. I mean, he, maybe 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 I just never thought of him as a fat bad fastball guy because last year was ninety one point six. The velocity was okay. And the whole package looked good. And I knew he threw the slider a ton, but you could call it a cutter. And, you know, maybe he's not a bad fastball guy. Now I think we're starting to see that he is a bad fastball guy. And, and last year's was – that was a vast improvement uh, when, when he was throwing that fastball last year. So that might be – that he might have tricked us with our perception of his fastball last year with those sharp improvements because, yeah – Coming into the year, it's like, oh, yeah, this guy has terrible fastball. He's going to have to live off of these breakers. And then last year, it's like, okay, that's that's an adequate, you know, passable, useful fastball. Nothing that's crazy, but this year it's played poorly, and, and it's been it's been part of the home run machine, hasn't it? Yeah, and, you know, I think, you know, throwing him more has exposed him more. The velocity is down. And people will say, well, what about his uh, swing strike rate on the pitch? Well, he kind of pitches backwards a little bit since he's throwing a slider so much. And... So you can't really put that on the same level as a guy who throws a ton of fastballs. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. he probably has a half the fastballs of, of other people. And, um, I mean, he, he literally last year threw the fastball less than anybody other than R.A. Dickey, which he doesn't count. <laughs> That's so, true. He does not count. 
Yeah, so uh, he is a weird-ass pitcher, and you have to remember that these that things are a little bit different for weird-ass pitchers, and that, you know, generally you can put him in the lump of... Uh, uh, put him in the lump of, uh, of a bad fastball guy. I think that helps you sort of um, think of uh, things better. You know what I mean? Like, it yeah. makes you... It makes you, okay, so if he's a bad fastball guy, then maybe I don't want to start him at home a lot. You know, where maybe, he has been getting killed. That's where the, a lot of his damage has been coming is, right, that, is maybe, at home. Maybe the home run rate won't look a lot better going forward. Um, so, you know, maybe the Babbitt won't look a ton better going forward. So, you know, you're looking for improvement um, in the strikeout rate, basically. And uh, that's something you can track fairly easily with box scores. You know, you can just, you know, wait for his strikeouts to come back. I mean, the last two games, he's had four strikeouts in nine innings and given up a ton of runs. So he's on my bench. And uh, and, and I actually didn't include the Colorado game. I, 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 that's, I'm, not, I'm not looking at um, – it's not in his game log yet. So what, what happened last night with him? With McHugh, he pitches today. Oh, he pitches today. Okay, okay. So, so I think it's Colorado coming up. I don't think he's going to solve it there either because his breaking balls in Colorado are, are iffy. So no, uh, that's going to be that's scary. Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I think he'll be on waiver wires now. Do I think I might? I think you know, streamer plus somewhere between streamer and and guy you keep on your staff. Um, uh, you know, and then in deeper leagues, obviously the the ratio changes, but. Um, I mean, he's still capable of striking out 11 Oakland A's uh, against zero walks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he still has that on his resume this year even. So I just watch the strikeouts come back, watch the movement on a slider, see that, he, you know, hopefully he gets a little bit more drop on a slider in the next coming days. Uh, that probably won't happen in Colorado. And then uh, and that'll be that'd be how I, I, I track him. Home runs, yeah, you can track those, but you never know. I mean, Home runs are a little bit more uh, streak, streaky, so I would I would just really watch the strikeouts with him and and hope that he gets that slider back and you start seeing the strikeouts and then he becomes more useful. Yeah, as long as I have a reserve roster, I, I I'm fine actually trying to buy in on McHugh um, in, in some of your some of your deeper leagues if it's going to be mixed, maybe 14 teams, maybe 12 teams, uh, especially if I'm trying to catch some lightning in a bottle because he is still getting the swinging strikes. There are still some elements to to McHugh's game that haven't been too bad. Might even try to buy right after the Colorado start, especially if he goes out there and gets blasted, gives up four or five homers take him for a song and then and then hold out and, and see if he can kind of fix it because it's it hasn't completely cratered even though the 508 era suggests that it has uh especially up from 273 last year it it hasn't been a complete failure there's just the home runs like i said they can do a lot of damage they can really inflate things uh to make you look like you're pitching a lot worse than you actually are all right you know that's yeah. going to wrap us up we got to get out of here uh, you got to get everything taken care of with the green card situation. And uh, we'll be back in, in, in a couple of days. Jason and I will be back on Sunday. Until then, enjoy the rest of our 105-game week, you know. <laughs> All right. Take care. <laughs>